Danish leaders are among the worst in the world. Welcome to my podcast about work life and leadership in Denmark. Chapter 4. Let us build our Silicon Valley in Europe. There are there are real differences between those 22% and the rest of Danish people. We can clearly see in the research that 22%, they have more fun, they're less stressed, they're more willing to go the extra mile, they're more supportive of change. And we're seeing that a lot of change is not landing well in organizations. So what is it? Is it because of the communication? Is it because of the change management? Is it because the strategy was That could all be true. Well, what we've seen is that depends on how engaged you are. If you are engaged, 70% of people support changes. Any change that is coming, they just support it. If you're actively disengaged, it's only 22%. Gallup's conclusions after decades of studies and research are clear. We are lacking leadership in Denmark and other European countries that engages employees. And the potential in Danish workplaces and in other European countries are so huge. In chapter 3, Parsin Jan told us that research are showing that two out of three don't know how their company is different from other companies. As Parsin Young says, we are not very good at storytelling. As I ended episode 3 by saying, this episode 4 speaks for itself. So let us just continue my conversation with managing partner of Gallup in Europe, Africa and Middle East, Pa Senyan. I, so in, in Germany, I haven't done this calculation for Denmark, but we estimate in Germany uh, just the cost just of active disengagement. So like the, the you know, about 20% who are really frustrated at work. If we would just... A- active disengagement, you say, just stop a minute. What yeah, is, that means people who are actually working against their working place, right? Yes. So, so, so that's the group where uh, my, my, uh, our chairman at Gallup, Jim Clifton, he always says, um, you know, it's probably better for you as a company to pay these people to stay at home than to let them come into the company. And this number is, what is the number in Denmark? Uh, so, so in Denmark, I believe I'll have to look at it exactly. The yeah. exact number is approximately under 20. It's definitely under 20. So I would yeah. put that number around 15, maybe. Yeah, but still, um, there are 10, 15 percent people actually yeah. disengage. Oh, they are. And these are the people who are, oh, sorry, I'm wrong. It's it's 9 percent. Okay. Let me take back. I just started data. So it's so in Denmark, we have 22% who are engaged, meaning they're emotionally connected, work gives them energy, they feel good about coming to work, and they want to do the best possible job. To give you a simple example, oh wait, I'll tell a story in a bit. So uh, that's one group, uh, uh, engagement. The second group is those who are not engaged, meaning they do what they have to, but they will not go the extra mile. You know, if the phone calls at five to five, they're not going to pick it up because their shift ends at five. So they can't pick up a call at five to five. They do the minimum of what is expected of them. Quiet quitting could be a term we use to describe mm-hmm. them. And then you have the group who are actively disengaged. In Denmark, that number, it's 9%. So, so one out of that, 10, that's a lot of people. Now, these people are 
And the key word there is active because they're not just unhappy at work. They don't just feel that, you know, if you were my boss, Soren, and I'm actively disengaging, means I just don't, I don't, I don't think Soren really sees me. I don't think Soren really cares about me. I don't think Soren really takes care of me. But that's not all. I am now so angry that I will tell everybody else on our team that Soren is a terrible manager. And if Soren has a new strategy he wants to introduce, before I even read it, I will tell everybody I think it's a bad idea and it's going to fail. So I don't keep my negative emotions to myself. I share my negative emotions with everybody. And sadly, the research, our research shows that negative emotions are stronger than positive emotions. So when you have one person like that on your team who is frustrated, their effect on everybody else is extremely challenging because they, you know, negative, you know, you, you know the saying that, you know, uh, bad news has gone around the world before good news even gets started, right? Good news, you know, you get to, if you, if you hear something great, you tell 10 people. If you hear something terrible, you tell 100 people. Bad news just has more wings. So negative people also have more impact. And that's why our research shows that for every positive emotion, uh, oh, sorry, for every negative emotion, you need four positives to offset it. There's a lot of research around that. And it's the same thing in the workplace. If you have so only that one... Is not, that is not the case. 9% actually disengaged, 22% engaged. That's not one to four in them. It's not one to four. It's not one to four. Absolutely not. And that's why we see... So that stress. can explain the some of the stress, actually, you know, that, that all the, the, the people don't... Don't try that work. Yeah, 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 and they have, and so uh, a, a story that my uh, my uh, my chairman used to tell, which I really love to explain these three different categories. He talked about how he went into a bookstore, and he was trying to buy a book for his son who was about to go to university. And he goes and he looks and he can't find it, so he goes to the lady at the reception to uh, at the at the not the reception, sorry, the ash point where you pay um, to ask them. Um, uh, if they have the book. And the lady was on the phone and she sort of put the phone down and said, excuse me, what do you want? And it was like, I'm looking for a book. And he, she's like, well, did you check in that section? And he's like, yeah, I checked, but it's not there. She's like, then it's not there. What do you want me to do? And he was like, okay, all right, it's okay. So he was walking out and on his way out, he meets another uh, young man who's who's working. He's like, can I help you, sir? And he's like, oh, I was looking for a book, but 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 you don't have it. He's like, oh, which book? And he's like, that book is like, really? We don't have it? But come with me. Let me let, let me look. He goes and he's like, oh, you're right. We don't have it. But have you read this other book? Because this other book is similar, uh, but it has something else. And he's like, to, to cut a long story short, my chairman, Jim Clifton, then worked out with three different books. He went in there to buy one book. He met somebody who was, you know, who was like borderline rude. So he ended up not, he would have not bought anything from that person. And then he met somebody who made him buy even more than he wanted to buy. And he could have met somebody who just said, here's the book you want. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Right? Those are the three different categories. The engaged person cares. They, they care about their job. They care about what they're doing. So they get informed. They want to be knowledgeable. And they want to do it as well as possible. The not engaged person does the bare minimum. You ask for a book, they give you a book now. Please leave and leave me alone. And the actively disengaged person is on the phone and gives you the feeling that, why are you disturbing me? I don't want to talk to you. So you see how these three different behaviors result in three different outcomes. If, you're the, if you own that bookstore, those are three different business outcomes. One person makes you profit. One person you know, covers your costs. And the other person makes you losses. 
And that sadly is the reality of the workplace environment where we have all of these three different categories. And, and it's about how do we help um, employee uh, managers and leaders to create more of those who are engaged. And it is possible. We see it in many organizations that if you help managers, if you give them the data they need, the insights they need, and the know-how, because many of us just do not know how. One more data point, Gallup, I have to throw some data points out here. And this is global data. I don't have this broken out by country, but 14, only 14.5% 14 of managers feel that they know how to give effective feedback. 14.5%, so no. So we need to help these people. Uh, managers or leaders are promoted to their level of incompetence and they are struggling to engage people. The data clearly shows they're struggling, but managers themselves are asking for help. And just like with communications, we, are, we don't invest sufficiently in the development of people capabilities. And, and that is, I think, one of our challenges uh, for the next you know, you know, decade or longer. How can Europe really create cultures that are more engaging? Well, we need to invest in our managers. We need to invest in our leaders. And, uh, and we have Gallup firmly believe that. And that's what we spend a lot of our time doing. Listen, listen, tell me, when, if I take the picture from Denmark, then I say, okay, we have a lot of happy people, happy, happy country, thrives, we have a good life. Uh, and what, imagine what would happen if some of this happiness was converted to engagement in the working field. What would happen? Listen, I know you have... America is always in front, Silicon Valley and everything. And what could happen in Europe if, if we, we really, uh, you know, want, we want to engage, we want to create a better world, we want to solve the climate issues, we don't want people to stress, so let's engage, let, let's make good working places. What, just raise 10% more engagement, 5% less disengagement. So, um, I, I, I mean, so I... Um... So at Gallup, you know, we, we have three purpose statements. And one of our purposes is really to fix the world's broken workplaces. That's really, um, you know, many of people, many of my colleagues in Gallup are very passion driven, very purpose driven, sorry. And, you know, I'm somebody who started my career in development economics, trying to figure out how can I, I'm a very lucky, I've been very privileged and very lucky in my life. And I've always felt, how can I give something back? And, and the reason I work for Gallup, and I've been working here now for 15 years, is I do believe that. If we can fix workplaces, if we can actually create engaging workplaces, I think we can, this sounds a little too much, but we can save the world. I really believe that. I believe, you know, human beings spend more time at work than they do with anything else. Work has more of an impact on our, on, our, on our well-being than sometimes our marriages do and our families do. As much as we like to think work is just this thing out there, It is such an important part of our lives that if we don't have more positive experiences there, it's very hard for anything in life to be very good. It just makes everything harder. So to answer your question, what would happen if Denmark would have, you know, not 22, but 32% engaged, not 9% actively engaged, but only 5% actively engaged? You would see um, better relationships in organizations and outside organizations you would see more innovation because the number one driver of innovation is collaboration, that people are actually working together. It's very hard to innovate by yourself. You need those impulses from outside. You need those ideas. You need that healthy tension, that healthy debate. Most innovation in companies happens when different teams come together. 
And when we're not engaged, we don't we don't collaborate very well, right? Because when we're not engaged, everybody's kind of protecting themselves. Everybody's defending themselves. When we're engaged, we see clearly in our data, we're more likely to take risks. We're more likely to, um, to answer, even if we're not 100% sure. In a low engagement environment, people don't answer unless they're 100% sure because they're afraid there might be negative consequences. While in an engaging environment where there's appreciation and there's trust, and somebody's here to help you get better, they will let you fall and get up. It's okay to fall and get up. We keep moving. We learn and we grow. Um, so what that means is if we had more engaged people, we'd have more innovations. We would have more, uh, you know, we could compete with Silicon Valley because we have the expertise, we have the resources, we have the talents. We do not lack talents in this region. What we don't have, I'm painting a black and white picture here, is the culture. Um, you know, um, you know. The, uh, again, to contrast U.S. and Europe or U.S. and Denmark, the appreciation culture that is evident in the U.S. from when you go to school, when you're a child, uh, you know, from the, the trophies and the awards and you win something and you're celebrated. And if you're part yeah. of the basketball team of your, of your school, that's a big deal. You get to wear a jacket and you feel good about yourself. Yes, listen, we, we talked a while ago before this podcast, and, and I told you that I was following some American coaching environments, and they always say, oh, that's awesome and everything, and it's almost get to American. But but I have my own experience from Denmark is I once worked in a, a secretary of a minister, and, you know, I never heard anything when I've done this uh, job, uh, task, and then someone, uh, a colleague said to me, listen, When, if you don't hear anything, then it's good. That's what we say. That's our That's way to uh, acknowledge in Europe and Denmark. There's a, there's a German saying that is exactly what you just said. You know, if, if you don't hear any criticism, that was a, that was a compliment. So, so um, this, this actually means, in my, in, in my understanding, this means what a potential. What a potential if we just can do. It's, it's, it's so simple things. There are a lot of difficult issues, of course, but there are also some simple tools just to get think, started changing the culture. So, Soren, I think, and this is, this is for me part of my excitement for Europe, because I think the untapped potential in this continent, which is still one of the wealthiest continents, most opportunities, most safety, most, you know, we're still, despite the problems and the conflicts that we're experiencing now, This is still the best place to be, to be honest, right? Now, imagine if you add to that a culture of innovation, a culture that pushes people to be better, that helps people to figure out what are their natural talents, uh, that recognizes individuals, that, you know, um, that makes people feel, you know, how did it feel when people tell, tell, told you that your job was awesome? Yeah, it's a, big, it's a great feeling. I like it. I like it. I it's just feel good, better. It's it's that's how I work. <laughs> Human people work like this. You know, and, and I mean, and I, you know, again, I work a lot in the automotive industry and manufacturing production industry, and you know, and in Europe, we're very, you know, with a little simple mindset. No, I don't need to be told I'm awesome. Like it's just talk, talk, talk. I don't need that. Until you you until you give these people feedback and tell them what was good. We all and like then, it. And we all like it. It's a human, it's a, we are, our human DNA, you know, human behavioral science tells us exactly that we respond positively to recognition and affirmations. We, we all do. Even those of us who think, I don't need anybody to tell me anything. No, you need it too. Even you want to be recognized. You might need it in a different way. 
you might not need it like I need it. You know, my character, I need you to go on top of the house and shout to everybody that power is awesome. That's really good for me. That's kind of who I am, right? That's me. People are different. But somebody else, maybe, maybe Soren, for you, is having a manager who comes and takes you by the sets and says, Soren, that was, that was amazing. Thank you. You know, but no matter the form in which we, we, we need it, human beings need it. It helps us to feel better. So for me, if I think of the potential in Denmark, in a country like Denmark, where you have a great infrastructure, great institutions, functioning healthcare, functioning welfare state, you know, amazing educational system. Now take all of those assets and now create engagement. Because what engagement gives you is energy, right? Because all of that doesn't translate into energy yet. All of that can go nowhere. It can just stay right where it is. But it is energy that will take all of those good things and transform them into new ideas, transform them into new solutions. Take, take some of your existing um, uh, industries and actually take them into the next generation where, if we're very honest to ourselves, across Europe, we have struggled with that. You look at the innovations of recent decades, we're not always at the forefront, especially given our opportunities, right? So if we did not have the, the resources to be at the forefront, I would understand it. But in Europe, we do have the resources to be at the forefront. We should be able to compete with the Silicon Valley. We have the resources. We have the people. We just don't have the culture. So um, and, I, business, and I think there's a lot of opportunities. This is good for business. This is good for people. This is good for everything. I think it's, I, I, so uh, like I was saying, my, You know, if I like to think about, you know, what is my personal purpose? Uh, you know, um, at Gallup, I'm responsible for, for Europe uh, and, and other regions, but particularly for Europe. And, you know, I like to think, you know, if, you know, in the next, you know, five to 10 years, could we see European engagement go from 14% where it currently is to 25%? And, and I think if, if, if the work I do, the work you're doing right now, if we can contribute to that, we are a big part of solving some of our most important problems from health, healthcare, uh, stress, the environment, um, you know, the new work, the future of the world, uh, you know, migration patterns that we are all facing. Uh, you know, we clearly see, for example, that, um, you know, people who are more engaged at work, they feel more comfortable in their own skin. You know, they feel more comfortable being themselves. So if I'm engaged, I have more confidence about who I am. And you know what we also know, people who are comfortable with themselves are more tolerant of other people. Right? When I feel good about myself, I don't mind that you look different. I don't mind that you sound different because I know who I am and I know my value. That's what work can do for societies. We have workplaces that helps individuals to know what their self-worth is. It can actually create more cohesive and tolerant societies as well. So I am, I am fully with you, uh, Asaran, that If we could, if we could just get better at this, the spillover effects are so immense, and uh, it's a shame it's not, it's not the priority in many um, societies that it should be. I think it should be a bigger priority. Gallup, you know, when I when I talk about this and to people I know in Denmark, they're interested, but still, you know, there's so many news, there's so many things happening, and. And, they, and then if you have this newspaper telling you, we are happy at work, so what's the problem? And we're another day, we have this. It's difficult to get the message out, actually, and, and to talk about these things. And when I refer to Gallup, then some people, this is a private company, this is not research and everything. Have you heard this? What is your answer for, for 
I mean, that's that's new. So, so one, we are a private company. We're employee-owned. Uh, we're owned by the employees. Um, one, that is true. Uh, two, oh, Gallup absolutely is uh, the most uh, um, the most rigorous research company in this space. Uh, so, for those who are wondering, for your audience, um, you know, Gallup has been conducting market research uh, and sentiment analysis for over ninety years at this point. Uh, we we don't um, you know we don't uh, we don't take sides. We're very independent. We're nonpartisan. Uh, our research is so rigorous that we have two Nobel science Nobel Nobel Peace Prize uh, sorry Nobel Prize winners in our ranks doing research with us, uh, uh, Angus Deaton and Daniel Kahneman. So um, you know we have some of the most robust and solid researchers in the world in our ranks. I think uh, I think whoever spends time looking at the research more will see this is not uh, this is not about sensationalization. Right? We're not a company that is trying to create sensation by saying only twenty two percent are engaged, yeah. and then that gets a lot of attention. No, there are there are real differences between those twenty two percent and the rest of Danish people. We can clearly see in the research that twenty two percent they have more fun, they're less stressed, they're more willing to go the extra mile. They're more supportive of change. One of, one of the biggest areas, maybe if I can talk briefly, we've seen a lot of change going on and we're seeing that a lot of change is not landing well in organizations. So what is it? Is it because of the communication? Is it because of the change management? Is it because the strategy was? That could all be true. Well, what we've seen is that depends on how engaged you are. If you are engaged, 70% of people support changes. Any change that is coming, they just support it. If you're actively disengaged, it's only 22%. So how are we going to how are we going to evolve our societies into the next uh, into the next generation technology uh, digitalization the environment we are societies that need to change so much but we have the majority of our people are either not engaged or actively engaged these people don't support change not because they're bad people but because they're not engaged right if you don't engage me why should your problem be my problem I don't care just pay me my salary and get out of here again. And so I think that, that there's a lot of potential and people should spend more time looking at the research and also reflecting on themselves. Do they really know what is expected of them? Do they really feel cared for at work? Do they feel they're really playing to their talents and their strengths? Or is work something that they have to do so that they can live a good life? So they just do what they have to do. And I think if, if, if we find ourselves in the group where we feel we have to do this, it means we're not tapping into our full potential. It means we're not giving ourselves the best chance we could have at a fulfilling and thriving life. And, uh, and I think our societies are poor for it. Listen, I could talk to you for hours, I think. <laughs> <laughs> this was the end of chapter four. Let us build our Silicon Valley in Europe. I will very much like to thank you for your attention listening to my podcast. Of course, a big thank you to Parson Yang for spending your precious time. For your information, dear listener, my podcast is entirely voluntary and driven by passion. Any backup and support will be highly appreciated. And may I say... I do sincerely hope that you will find your way to be 
or to stay engaged in your work.